Hello everyone and welcome back to the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. This week we're going to see yet again another movie, and it's a movie that I was really anticipating this year. It was one of my most hyped up movies this year. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time, and it finally came out, and I was just so excited to see it. And that movie is Space Jam A New Legacy, which is a sequel to the 1996 original movie Space Jam. In this movie we have LeBron James, Don Cheadle, and the rest of the Looney Tunes getting ready to play a basketball game trying to pretty much save the universe in a weird way. So anyway, we're going to review the new Space Jam and talk about the old one as well and see, did this new Space Jam hold up as well as the old one, and what do we think of the new Space Jam? So Brad, what do you do? You want to talk about the old Space Jam at first and just tell us our thoughts and what we think about the one made in the 90s and how it holds up today? Sure. So um, basically for me, Space Jam, the original Space Jam is a classic to me. Growing up, my parents both loved the Looney Tunes. We have like a couple dvd sets of all the old classic looney tune cartoons so i always loved watching those growing up and i don't know the first time when i saw space jam you know probably sometime in my elementary years and i just found it as the coolest thing you know michael jordan one of the best the best basketball player to ever live you know going up with the looney tunes to you know fight monsters like what more could you want as a kid so, you know, I've always thought it was a classic, and, you know, I, I originally was hyped um, when they first announced this, or, like, you know, there's rumors about it. I mean, there's been there's been rumors about this movie for a long time. Like, I was just surprised how long there have been rumors for this new one. Right, Logan? Yeah, they, like, rumored this in, like, 2014, 2016 when LeBron won that championship with the Cavs. But I think, like, they were going to do it, and then scheduling issues and script issues. There was a bunch of scheduling with LeBron, a bunch of scheduling with the directors. But when LeBron moved to L.A., I think that's pretty much officially when the movie really started filming because he had time to go to the studio and play basketball for the Lakers. So I think that move to the Lakers, looking back at it, was also a move for business because he was able to do more movies. But, yeah, we've been waiting for this for a while. Let's just say that. Yeah, so, uh, but just talking about the original Space Jam, I mean, like I said before, it was a movie I really loved as a kid, you know, just, and I mean, it doesn't even have just Michael Jordan, it has like a bunch of other cool NBA players and kind of, I guess you'd say like pop icons um, from like, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatnot, because I mean, you got people like Bill Murray in it, um, and a ton of great basketball players, I mean, just to name a few patrick ewing charles barkley larry bird shows up because he's playing golf with uh, michael jordan um larry johnson and then uh sean bradley and uh my favorite mugsy bogues you know went to wake you know one of the best wake basketball players but not as good as tim duncan or chris paul but then again it's tim duncan and chris paul uh just a great movie though um there's just so much to love about it you know the looney tunes make it great just you know michael jordan like after watching the last dance that came out it just you know made me i i watched space jam a couple of days ago it made me have like a different light on this movie just because i knew more about you know what was going on in michael jordan's life you know and just how much of an icon he was to people like yeah, i mean he was known all over the world and so i mean that just makes me think of how big a movie this was really big in sports media at the time so i mean i can't say anything really bad about this movie you know there's going to be some flaws like michael jordan's not an actor you know so there's going to be some flaws you know there's not going to be um the greatest acting but i mean you just got the looney tunes and it's just a great movie so that's really what i gotta say about the first one so i was excited for the second one i was really hoping it would 
um, live up to the hype as the first one. So, Logan, I'll let you go ahead and get into that question. Did the second one live up to the hype and greatness as the first one did? I'm going to agree with Brad, first of all, in saying that I do enjoy the first Space Jam. I think it's a classic. A lot of people like to go back and say, oh, didn't age well. It's not that good. Animation, all this, acting, blah, blah, blah. It's the 90s. It symbolized the 90s. Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Bill Murray, that's the 90s. And I think it still holds up, and I'm sure it was amazing back then. I loved it growing up as a kid, the first time I ever saw it. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I was in, like, I know it was in elementary school. I don't think I was in kindergarten or first grade. I was, like, third grade, second grade. It was amazing. You had Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny together. But like I said, Brad, the question is, does it even, like, compare the original? I'd say it's it's almost on par. It's not as good as the first one, I'd say. It's not a, but it's not bad either. I think it's, it's close. It's, it's close in my opinion. It's close, but I don't think it, I don't think it's just as good. It's not better. It's almost, it's on par. That's what I say. It's on par. It's not equal or better. It's just on par. Almost. It's on the same level. It's just, it falls short. Yeah. What I want to kind of say is, um, if you look at these movies from a pop culture reference, you can really see the difference, but again, how similar they are. Cause in this new one, you know, basically, in a lot of it, it's Warner Brothers plugging all the things they have. And, you know, you see more of, like, the culture from today's world. Because, like, you know, they show a lot about computers, video games, animation. You know, because, I mean, instead of just getting sucked in, like, in the first one, sucked into, like, the Looney Tunes. In this one, you get sucked into, like, a Warner Brothers kind of computer system, you know, artificial intelligence. So, that's what I like about both of these movies is like it really shows a bunch of pop culture and um just like you know what the culture is like because i mean in the first one you know they do like a ton of ad placements and like one scene where uh, michael jordan's assistant stan was like tell him to get ready for his um baseball game and he's like we'll get you a big mac and a coke on the way like you just see that ad placement that, that was really what was big for michael jordan so you just see a lot of commercial advertising and just pop culture in both of these movies so that's why i like how they're kind of familiar but as logan said it, it stays on par i'd say uh personally i like the first one better and i mean we'll really get into this for like the whole episode but i'd say both are really good in their own aspects and i like how i i just like that the um this one wasn't as a carbon copy as the first one because you see like with movies kind of like this where they have like a first one and they kind kind of want to do a second one you know, sometimes they do carbon copies, um, but I just like how it wasn't the same. They aren't copying. They're doing something different. That's what you want in a sequel. You want it different. You want to be creative, and so that's what they do with this, which was very awesome to see. Yeah, I got to agree with that totally. I mean, you see so many movies these days where, like, it doesn't really need a sequel. Like, this Space Jam 1 didn't really need a sequel or sequel, reboot, whatever you want to call this. It didn't need another installment, but like I said, these things make money like crazy – Kids are going to see it. People like us are going to see it because we like cartoons and basketball. Basketball fans, LeBron James' cult following. You're going to get a ton of like adults who grew up with the 90s movie want to see how this holds up. And these movies sell a ton of merchandise. Like, Look at the shirts. It, you can see Space Jam shirts like in fashion. Like People wear them when they're playing basketball. People wear jerseys of the Toon Squad. It lives as a classic. So like Brad said, we're going to get into all that. And then... I thought this was also a pretty good movie, like, for the pop culture. A lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just ad placement. It's just it's just an HBO ad. It's, it's an HBO Max ad. It's just Warner Brothers plugging their movies. But 
Warner Brothers has been doing this for a while. They did it with the Lego movie, did it with Lego Batman. They did it with I don't did you ever see Ready Player One? Yeah, I like that movie. They do a lot of stuff that you see from different movies and video games and such. I never saw it, but a lot of people describe this as like Ready Player One with basketball. Yeah, um I, I can talk more about that and Ready Player One basically a futuristic movie where, you know, the world's really different and um that people really got hooked into virtual reality video games. That's basically what kinda what jobs really are in that movie. It's like, you know, you have your original life what you do all day is you put on a virtual reality headset and it's like you're in an actual you know, it's like you're actually in the video game and, you know, you do stuff to get coins and whatnot. It's really how people kind of live in the movie. But at the end scene um, where they're trying to find this last prize and, um, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, I don't want to explain the whole plot of the movie. But basically they're trying to find this treasure that this guy who created this whole video game system left after he died. And there's like this um, one kind of bureaucracy that's trying to steal it. From just all the regular common people. So the common people fight back. And you see all these people from different video games and movies and stuff. Like you have Chucky. You have Halo characters. Um, Gosh, I think Scooby-Doo might be in it. I'm not sure. But there's just a bunch of other like video game kind of references and that and stuff. The Iron Giant's in it, isn't he? Yeah, and actually I think Batman's in it too. Or at least the Batmobile. I gotta at least check this out. That that seems like it's gotta be worth a watch. It, it looks really. Oh, good. it's a it's a great movie. Like, and uh, it was originally a book too, but it is an incredible movie. Um, they they also I think have the the car from Back in the Future in it as well. So like I said, you know, it's just like I said, a lot of people are gonna say it's a lot of product placement in this, but I gotta be honest, I think they worked it in smartly. We'll get into that later, but just some thoughts on this movie before I like get into really the pros cons review. It's basically a reversal of the first movie because in this one, LeBron James needs to get the Looney Tunes to play basketball to help him win a basketball game so he can get his son back from Algae Rhythm, the guy who kidnapped them, put him in the cyberverse. So basically, like to get in the plot, it's really simple. LeBron James is going to get this like he goes to Warner Brothers and they have to like interview him for this new like algorithm game they have. Yeah, they basically just wanted. Um they were just, like, talking to LeBron because they wanted him in their new Warner Brothers 3000 AI. And then basically, like, LeBron James like, this is a terrible idea. And then his son, Dom, who just wants to make video games instead of playing basketball, and LeBron kind of struggles to accept that, and they try to make a whole theme about, you know, loving your kid for who they are and let them do what they want to do, let them chase their own dream, their own passions, and stuff like that. So they both get sucked into, like, the the cyber... Was it the serververse? Cyberverse? They called it the cyberverse. You know, I, I didn't really know what to call it here in the beginning of the episode. I call it, like, a computer system. But, yeah, I think that's better name to call it yeah. cyberverse. Then you can see Algae Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle, who I thought did a really good job. He was really good in this movie. So the, Don Cheadle basically kidnaps his son. He tells LeBron, if you want to get your son back, you have to beat me in basketball. And so then he sends him to the Toon World... And then he meets Bugs Bunny, and he finds out Algae Rhythm sent the Looney Tunes all over across his other, like, places in Warner Brothers, so they have to go get them. And then, basically, he has to, him and the Looney Tunes have to win a basketball game to pretty much get his son back and weirdly save the world, because I thought some of the consequences were a little, like, so the stakes were really high in this, because they suck everyone else in the world in. I thought that was a little extreme. Yeah, because if LeBron loses him and all his 
fans who join the live stream are uh, sucked in this thing, which, I mean, you, you kind of got a hostage situation here. Basically, LeBron James has to uh, win a basketball game with the Looney Tunes to pretty much get people back into the real world. Simplified plot. That's about as simple as I can make it. So, like I said, you have that. So, I feel like this movie should have just been called Cyber Jam. Because it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with space. It's just computers, which I understand. I'm not mad about that. But I think it's not really Space Jam with the Monstars. It's just Cyber Jam with these computer-generated things he's trying to beat. And one more thing before we really get into this movie, start listing our pros and cons, is we're not here to hate on kids' movies. We're not the intended audience for this. I get a kids' movie should be entertaining to all ages, something for the adults, but I'm not going to sit here and rip it, like, act like, oh, hold it to some... I'm not going to, like... I already know what I'm getting into. This isn't going to be fine cinema. It's not The Godfather. It's not The Shawshank Redemption. It's just stupid fun for kids and something you can turn off your brain and watch. And I'm going to review it like that. I don't get people that are like hating this. I know you don't like LeBron. Fair enough. But it's just too much hate for this movie. I don't understand it because like it's a kid's movie. You know what you're getting into. I don't know why you're complaining that it's goofy and stupid. It's a kid's movie. And we're just going to review it like one. We're not here to hate on kids' movies because we're not the intended audience. So, Brad, let's start off. What do you think are the pros of this new Space Jam? What did you like about it? Well, I kind of want to add off what you said because, I mean, you can't really compare, like, a movie that's supposed to have themes and reference things, you know, have illusions and whatever. Uh, you can't, like, rate, like, a movie like Space Jam to, like Logan said, Shawshank Redemption, Godfather, you know, movies that actually, like, are supposed to, like, grab kind of your heartstrings. I mean, because, come on, you can't really... I, I mean, some of the classic kid movies are really good, and I wouldn't say are really too corny at times, like Shrek, all the... and Well, I think you could honestly rate Pixar movies kind of like an yeah. uh, emotional kind of thing, because they really are great movies that, you know, oh, you know, the Academy Awards, you they're, know. They're more than... Pixar is more than just kids' movies. You can, you can watch those at any age. Yeah, right. It's not like... I... I uh, what Logan, I think, is really getting at is, like, DreamWorks movies. Because DreamWorks movies, there are a lot that are weird. I mean, come on, Shrek's just a, about an ogre. You can't really rate it like, oh, you know, like it's supposed to be a great movie of the theater arts, you know. That movie does, that movie is a legendary movie, though. We, we don't hate on Shrek. That, that movie's a classic. It is. It, it should be um, just the best movie ever. Uh, but, like... Before we get into, like, what I liked about it, I kind of want to touch on what Logan said. It is kind of, um, instead of, like, in the first one, the Looney Tunes need Michael Jordan. In this one, LeBron James needs the Looney Tunes. So, I, I just kind of want to point out a few things that, like, I just thought about in this movie um, is, is that's just different and really is just kind of what I thought, kind of like what Logan was doing. First off, the beginnings are, like, exactly the same. You show both players when they were kids, and then how, then, like, when they show all, like, the cast and stuff, they're just showing highlight reels from both players. Um, also, like, how, like, the villains are kind of similar in the beginning. They both have kind of, well, in the first one, they kind of have a grudge against the Looney Tunes. They need stuff for more on Mountain, a theme, alien part, but in this one, like, um, Algae Rhythm needs LeBron for his AI to be successful. So both villains have pretty similar beginning stories. Um, so I just like how you can, you know, tell it kind of is familiar in ways. But I liked how it was different. You know, as Logan said, Warner Bros. does a lot of um, 
I guess, product placement of things they have. But it honestly worked to their advantage, which I think we're going to get into is what was the good part about it. So, you know, just a few thoughts at the beginning. It's just it, it was going to be better than I thought it was going to be. You know, you could just just by looking at different things, you could tell it was be better. So getting into what I really liked about it, first off, as I was just saying, the Warner Brothers stuff, you know, because – Algae Rhythm, he really kind of separates the Looney Tunes, which honestly I find was pretty cool, actually, you know, because it's like, oh, we don't need the Looney Tunes anymore. No one really likes them. So that's what I like about this movie is, though, because LeBron James now gets them all back together. We find out how important, like, Looney Tunes are and that they still should be, like, cartoons and stuff that you can watch today and still should be classic things as, like, you go into these different worlds of Warner Brothers. I can list off, like, every place they went. So, I they went to I counted I, I you can tell me if I'm wrong about this I counted they went to Metropolis, Mad Max Fury Road, The Matrix, Game of Thrones, Austin Powers, and a Wonder Woman comic. Yeah, so basically, you know, Warner Brothers and, like, Allergy Rhythm Bad Guys, like, showing, oh, these are all the classics, you know, um, Warner Brothers has. They even go to, like, I think there's, like, a scene from, like, Casablanca. Yeah, there's just, like, a few more references. So, you know, that's what I kind of like. It's, like, Allergy Rhythm Bad Guys, like, oh, yeah, Looney Tunes, we don't need you anymore. You're not any of these classics like the other ones. So, yeah, you know, it's, like, these are all the classics and Looney Tunes are forgotten. But I like how this movie shows, no, the Looney Tunes aren't forgotten that's what i liked um the jokes were also pretty good um you know not like oh, all the funny stuff the looney tunes do but i honestly thought that one of the things that lebron did was his jokes were kind of funny you know in the beginning scene where like him and his son are outside playing basketball and how his machine whenever you say the word ball the ball will shoot out and how uh, his one son I forget, it was the older son, and he just kept on, you know, just saying sentences, but, like, he'd say, like, basketball, and then the ball would shoot and hit him in the face. That that was pretty funny. So there was, like, um, some pretty funny jokes. Like, I would say the best joke was, um, it's not even, like, it's not, like, a joke that LeBron made. It's just, like, a joke that they made to be in the movie, where it's, like, at halftime, they're like, we got Michael Jordan, and then they, and it comes out, it's Michael B. Jordan, and then... <laughs> I think it was, like, Daffy Duck got mad or something. He's like, this is Michael B. Jordan. We wanted Michael A. Jordan. That, that joke was really funny, wasn't it, Logan? That was the best That was the best joke of the whole movie because they hyped it up like it was Michael Jordan. They said, look, it's Michael Jordan. He starts walking in. They start doing the introduction at six foot six, number 23 from North Carolina. All the music starts coming out, and we think it's going to be Michael Jordan. And then it's Michael B. Jordan. I was like, okay, you got me. Like, I actually thought they were going to do Michael Jordan. Our whole theater was like, no way, no way, no way. And they did it, and then Daffy Duck, when his mouth hits the floor, I about died laughing. Like, that was the best joke in the movie. That's, like, the pretty much the only part where I pretty much just belly laughed, I thought. Yeah, so that's what I really liked about this movie. I, I really thought this movie wasn't going to be that funny. I thought a lot of the jokes were going to fall flat. And I was kind of scared at the beginning where, like, um, you know, Michael Jordan's, uh, not Michael, LeBron's, like, messing with his son. And he's, he was saying something's leaving, and he's, like, and then he dabbed. I about I cringed so hard when he dabbed. That was horrible. Yeah, so I was scared like the comedy was going to be dumb stuff like that. They actually made some funny jokes um, throughout it. Uh, the Michael B. Jordan one being the best. 
the animation is incredible in this movie. How um, LeBron goes like from being himself to being animated. Just the animation is so beautiful when you go to all these worlds and how they're in space and stuff. And then when like the all the Looney Tunes get CGI'd, that was insane how cool they looked. Yeah. That was like the coolest animation ever. So that's one thing this movie did better than the first one because in the first one, it's the 90s. They don't have all that beautiful animation that they do now. So, and the last thing I want to say is, you know, it's not a copy. I mean, we got into how they're kind of different. The first one, the Looney Tunes need Michael Jordan. This one, LeBron James needs the uh, Looney Tunes. I really like the Warner Brothers stuff again. So I, I just really like how this one's creative, like the first one. And um, honestly, I think this one's more creative than the first one, too. And it might just be because it's the second one. I expect it to be like the first one since they did new stuff. It is creative. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those were the good things I liked about this movie. A lot of good about it. I agree with Brad. I have a lot of the same, like, things I liked. The balance of animation, because when LeBron goes to the Tooneverse and he goes to the Looney Tunes planet where it's just Bugs Bunny, he's 2D animated. And I thought that was cool because when Jordan goes to the Tooneverse in the first Space Jam, he's still live action. It's still actually him. But in this one, it's LeBron James in animated form, which I thought was cool. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, LeBron doesn't have the time to really do a movie, so they had to make him 2D for half the movie so he could just do half his lines in one day. That's probably fair, but I like the 2D animation. You don't see a lot of 2D on the big screen. It's always, everything's got to be CGI. Everything has to be 3D, CGI. We got to take characters who are 2D in the past, make them CGI. I like how the Looney Tunes were in 2D for the majority of the movie. It just feels right. I didn't mind seeing LeBron in 2D. I thought sometimes some stuff is better animated because you can do more stuff than you can do with them in real life. So I thought it's just cool to see some 2D animation, some old school on the big screen. Nothing wrong with that at all. And then like when Brad said, when they transition, when uh, Algae Rhythm goes, you guys need to upgrade, and he turns them from 2D to CGI, that was a cool transition. They look great. They didn't mess them up. I've seen like some CGI where like those first Smurfs, but they look all weird. They didn't mess up the Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes looked great. They did a great job at CGIing them. I thought they looked great in 2D. They looked great CGI. That was really cool. And also, like Brad said, it's not a carbon copy. It's kind of reversal. LeBron needs the Looney Tunes, not the Looney Tunes need him. They put it in like a cyberverse instead of space, which lets me know there's actual effort. They're not making a carbon copy exactly like the first, so I can't hate it for that. I know some people are going to say, oh... The plot's not as good, but I'd rather them try and give me something worse than just give me a carbon copy of the first one. I don't want that. Because remember The Lion King? The live-action Lion King? That was pretty much just a carbon copy of the original with a few extra stuff. So like at least they're doing something different. And this movie, they go for it with all these properties, and I know someone's going to say it's product placement. But I think it's cool. It just adds something more than the first one didn't have, and they're really exploring it. And they've been doing this forever, like Warner Brothers, Ready Player One, Lego movies. They always product place, and those movies work too. So I don't see why this movie gets hated for that. Because you have some weird cameos. You have Big Chungus. You have the Justice League. You have Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty are in this movie, which I thought was really weird. But they had the Tasmanian Devil, and they just give them back. And I know it's a kid's movie, but I really want to see what Rick and Morty were doing with the Tasmanian Devil. I wish we could get like a... Like a PG-13 edit of this movie in R, so I would kind of see what Rick and Morty are doing with the Tasmanian Devil because they had to pretty much tone down Rick and Morty in this movie. They don't curse or anything, so like you could tell the PG ratings in effect there. And also, what the best part of this movie, what made me absolutely just put a smile on my face, is when they visit all these different lands to get the Looney Tunes back. Like they go to Metropolis and Bugs Bunny and LeBron are 
Batman and Robin, and they have to go get Daffy Duck to pretend to be Superman. They go to Mad Max, Fury Road, to get the Coyote and the Roadrunner. They go to the Matrix to get Granny. They go to Game of Thrones to get Foghorn Leghorn. Wonder Woman to get Lola. And my favorite scene they did was when they said, we need another player. And then randomly, they just show Austin Powers go, yeah, baby. And I was like, no way. And then they go to Austin Powers, and Elmer Fudd is mini-me, and Sylvester's like the hairless cat. And that just put a smile on my face seeing Austin Powers and Doctor Strange. Or Doctor Evil, Doctor Evil. I was like, oh my lord, Elmer Fudd does look like Doctor Evil and just that it just it just came out of nowhere and it's random, but I love it. I love Austin Powers. Yeah, I thought that's honestly it was a little too freaky how much Elmer Fudd looked like mini me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like though, because they're like some people's like, Why is Mad Max, Game of Thrones, Matrix, Rick and Morty, why is Austin Powers in a kids movie. They're giving stuff the adults can like because in a kids movie, the adults have to take the kids to see it. So you got to give something for the adults to enjoy. And I thought it's pretty good because the kids aren't going to get the references till they're older. I get that. But it's something for the older people like, like you know, teenagers and adults. Something they're like, oh, look, that's a pretty cool cameo. Look what they did with that. That's pretty cool. I thought it was something for the older crowd and I thought it was cool they put that in there. Also, they, sh also they show the Monstars during the basketball game for a split second. That was pretty cool. And also the jokes work because the Michael B. Jordan joke, best joke of the whole movie. They make a lot of LeBron roast. They roast LeBron a lot during this movie. Bugs is like, did you run out of teams to play for? And then there's one scene where LeBron's trying to get like the Iron Giant, Superman, Batman, King Kong, all on his team to beat uh, Algae Rhythm. And Bugs Bunny's like, you can't do that, man. This ain't the Miami Heat. So a lot of good jokes. I don't think this is a boring movie. Some people said they were bored. I was never bored with it. Like, I was never looking. I was never just looking around saying, "Man, I wish it was over." It's boring. I get it's a little long, but I was never bored. And last, but I'm so glad this is in here. Ernie Johnson announces the basketball game. We didn't get a good announcer really in the first one. This one we get Ernie Johnson. Now with the other announcer, I could have done without. I forget his name, but I wish it would have been someone funnier like Kevin Hart, Hannibal Burris. But like I said, you get Ernie Johnson, and that just put a smile on my face because who doesn't love Ernie Johnson? So the middle of the movie, in my opinion is almost better. I think it might, I think the middle where they're visiting all the different worlds might be better than the middle of the original Space Jam where they're just practicing. I thought that was all really cool, just seeing them go through all those properties. and it. They explain it, and it makes sense. They're not just shoving them in there for random reasons. They have to go get the Looney Tunes. And I thought it was really cool. They're using their properties to their advantage. It's something all ages can like. And, yeah, the middle of the movie is amazing. So that's why I say this movie kind of has higher highs than the original Space Jam. But as we'll get into... As we're going to get into right now, it's also got some lower lows. It's Some of the flaws are worse than the first Space Jam. We'll get into that right now, I'd say. Brad, what, what were your flaws with this movie? Um, yeah, th there was um, a lot that wasn't too um, good. But I, I want to kind of go off kind of what Logan said. The middle of this movie is better than the original Space Jam. But th that's the thing, though. The um, middle part was the only part that was better uh, than the original Space Jam. So I'll get to what's um, bad in this one that I think. First off, like, this is what I was scared going into, that all the jokes. I mean, this is what's making kids' movies bad these days. And it might just be, you know, it probably is just because I'm older. I don't understand all the references and stuff, like, um, like from, you know, the kids' movies when I was young. But also I think that sometimes I just think the jokes also just aren't that 
great in today's kids' movies. I think they've really lost some of the comedy that you kind of need and some of the, you know, good things that you need in kids' movies. I just think kids' movies these days are bad. But then again, it could just also be because I'm not a kid anymore. Um, but I was scared that this whole movie was going to do this, that they were going to have cringy jokes, which they only had two, but still, they were pretty bad. Um, as we already said, um, when um, LeBron James' dad, that was, that was just no. Um, but the other scene that was really cringy was the rap scene. All of a sudden, you know, in the second half or as you know, like you knew it was gonna happen the second one, happened in the first one that um you know, the the Toon Squad's gonna come back. But for some reason in this one, like when they're doing basketball, because it's like his son's kind of video game thing, you get special points for dunks and whatnot, you get special points for stuff because it's not basketball it's more kind of video game-ish but they, they all of a sudden do this rap and they have Porky Pig do a rap and it's just the worst thing ever it wasn't funny half the, I mean all the bars he was saying just were terrible it, it was just cringy I, I, I mean I, I wanted to claw my eyes out like what, what do you guys say about that scene Logan they call him the notorious P.I.G. which is just disrespectful to Biggie Biggie's rolling in his grave at this scene this is I knew it was in the trailer. I saw it in the trailers, and I was like, God, I, that's what made me scared going in. I was like, this, don't let it be this. This is cringy. This, they're trying to, like, appeal to crowds, like, oh, rap's popular, but it's so cringy. And the thing that makes me so mad is because, like Brad said, you have to get style points. They got, like, 200 style points from this awful rap, and it's just, they stopped the game to make Porky Pig rap because they want to get all goofy, and I get it, but, like, he starts rapping, and after he's done, they get, like, 200, 300 style points, and I was like, oh, that's bull crap. Like, you're telling me they got 300 style points on that awful rap? Like, I agree with Brad. I wanted, I wanted to cover my ears, club eyes, but I just wanted to hide under my seat until that was over. That that was atrocious. Whoever had that idea should be fired. The second thing I really didn't like was the relationship between um, LeBron's son, Dom, and LeBron. In the first one, they don't really have any themes. They don't try to make this kind of hit home. They don't try to, you know, make there be anything to, like, themes or any, like, oh, we needed to do this so we could solve this problem. Which, I mean, I know they do in the first one. You know, it was like, you know, Michael Jordan has to win to save the Looney Tunes and himself. And, you know, in this one, you know, it's like LeBron needs to win to save himself and all his fans. So, you know, you got that plot line, but... What, what I don't like is in this one, they try to start a new plot line between Dom and LeBron James' relationship. How LeBron doesn't um, think his son can do anything with video games and wants him to focus on basketball because he's good at basketball. And so, it, and it comes down to where it got really bad was in the fourth quarter where Dom and LeBron James realized they were both kind of in the wrong and they wanted to like love each other again lebron's like i'm sorry son that i didn't believe in your video game dreams i just wanted you to follow my footsteps and the weird thing is, is they just do this while they're on the basketball court and it's like a i don't know seven minute just talking between them and it's in the middle of the game actually because you then find out you know because it was like start of the fourth quarter and then like after they're done it shows like the you know score again it's like fourth quarter of like three minutes left it's like so you're telling me this whole time while the clock is running they're just having a heart to heart and i mean i get it. like if people do like that um you know if they want like a good thing to like hit at home have a good theme but i mean just in a movie with the looney tunes you just don't need that i just thought that was just something that they didn't need to add and just added a 
well, it wasn't cringy, but, you know, LeBron James is an actor, so him trying to have, like, a heart-to-heart and, like, a climax of a movie, that's just not something they should have done. It just added too much extra to it, I thought. And, I mean, I, I get why they did that and how some people like it personally. I just didn't like that. The last thing I didn't like is that in this movie, they don't focus on the players as much as they did in the first one. Like, I mean, you know who the NBA players were. You had Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, and Clay Thompson. And then they added two WNBA um, players, and they had, um, who, who was the White Mamba? What's her name? Diana Taurasi, and I have no idea who the other WNBA player is. Yeah, I looked up to see who the other player was, but I honestly don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'm not going to try to butcher it in this. But, yeah, they don't really focus on the players at all. There's only, like, one little scene where they go to see the players, and they don't even, like, steal their talent. It's just they go and see the players. Like, you know, because Dom was like, oh, yeah, I got their scans for my video game when I went to, like, this celebrity thing with my dad, you know. And so he got all their scans or something. So I, I guess that's how he uses their talent. But then I don't like how, you know, you know in the first one, it's like the little monsters, they get the um, power from the players, and they become really big. But you can tell, like, from their height what, and kind of color. Well, no, not colors, but you can tell kind of which player they are based on, you know, size and stuff. And they really focus on the players because, like, happens in the middle of the season. So all of a sudden, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and all the other stars just can't play anymore because they got, you know, their talent sucked out of them. I liked how in the first one they focused on the NBA players a lot. So it's not just about Michael Jordan, but about these other NBA players. You know, you get more talk about the NBA. Where in this one, I mean, you know, they do talk about the NBA some. And you got some, you know, NBA people like – um like, you know, there's a bunch of TNT references, and as Logan said, Ernie Johnson is in it. But they just don't focus on the players as much, which I really missed. Um, I, I really was hoping they do that because, I mean, these are some of the more in- or pretty cool players in the NBA. But, I mean, they didn't get any other, like, super, superstars. But, I mean, then again, the first one, they had, like, some people you would have thought they'd have other people. I mean, like, they have Sean Bradley, even though this was the NBA in the 90s. There were so many good players, so... That, that was just the last thing I didn't like. I didn't focus on the players as much. All right, and with that, we will take a short break, and we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. I do have a few things wrong with this movie, and I think that this movie really had the potential to be better than the first Space Jam, but some of the execution of the things it did was just not good. Like, I get the ideas may sound good on paper, but the, some of the execution on some of the stuff was just bad, like, to start off. I think you need more of the Looney Tunes in this movie because it takes a while to get to them because we're focusing on LeBron James's like fictional family because that's not his wife and kids in real life. It's his fictional family with his son Dom and that other kid whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. We focus on that for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes where we actually get into the Looney Tunes. And I'm like, I get you're trying to set up some family plotline, but I, I don't care. Like, I'm not here for emotional for some fake family. I want to see the Looney Tunes. I want to see some goofy, weird animation, them running around the place and playing basketball, doing dumb stuff. So I'm like, I don't really care about this. I just want more of the Looney Tunes, and I wish some of the Looney Tunes got more screen time. Like, Daffy Duck didn't really do anything. He had a bigger role in the first one. I don't think Daffy Duck really did much in this movie. Yeah, Daffy Duck's one of the biggest Looney Tunes kind of characters, and they don't even focus on him, like, at all, even though they did a lot in the first one, I thought. I thought in the first one he was actually funny. This one, he had, like, no role. They don't do anything with Lola Bunny, which I understand. They don't want to touch that. I'll, we won't get into that. But 
They do nothing with her. She's just there. She has no role. Bugs Bunny's good in this. I'll give him that. He has more like personality. He's got like an actual character arc. But like some of these Looney Tunes just got like no lines. Like some of these like Elmer Fudd got nothing. Yeah, Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are nothing. They don't do anything. Foghorn and Leghorn actually had a good amount for like you know how little of a Looney. Like he's not one of the biggest. Uh, Looney Tunes, and I don't even think, in the first one, I don't think they had Speedy Gonzalez, but they did in this one, which yeah, I really like, because Speedy Gonzalez is cool. Yeah, Brad's right, Speedy Gonzalez is cool, but he's not, I wish he would have got more screen time, they didn't do, They he's there, but he doesn't really do anything, I thought, like, that would have been funny to see him zoom around the basketball court, I don't even remember what he looked like, CGI, he's barely in it. You want to know who they, um, one of the Looney Tunes they show way too much in both movies? Who? Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird's got a big cast in both of them. This one, they showed Granny more. The Granny gets a weird role in this. They show Granny a lot. Yeah, yeah I don't know how I feel about Granny, because there are some scenes that's kind of funny, but there's other scenes that's kind of a little weird with her. So, like I said, I feel like some of the Looney Tunes, like, they just don't use as much, and they're not... They don't really get the screen... They need more screen time, because we're here for them. And also, I didn't really like the Goon Squad. I thought the Monstars, with how they stole the talent, how they look like big monsters, they look really cool, and Danny DeVito plays the green thing that owns the Monstars... That was better, in my opinion, than the Goon Squad with Algae Rhythm and all these other weird like characters, like the the Brow and then Clay Thompson, some weird fire thing and water. His thing sucks. And then Dame Lillard is some like robot thing, and I don't know. I wish they would have done more with those players because the the Goon Squad is not really that good. They're not as memorable as the Monsters. They're not going to be as iconic. And I like the villain better. I like the green thing that Danny DeVito plays better than Algae Rhythm. I mean, Don Cheadle's doing what he can with that role. It's just, I like the alien role better than the algorithm who just is animated. And Don Cheadle does a good job with that. I didn't think he would do that good because he's more of a serious actor, but he was goofy. He played the part well, but the villains in the first one are much better, and I think they're more iconic. I didn't really like the Goon Squad. I'm glad they did something different, but didn't like the Goon Squad as much. And also, this is what really just bothered me. Because I like how, like, when it comes time for the basketball game, you have all the Warner Brothers characters coming in to go watch the game. I thought, okay, this is going to be cool. But the thing about it is that they put the Warner Brothers characters, like, courtside, and they're so close to, like, the benches, like the benches in the game and the coaches on the sidelines that, like, it's distracting. Because, like, for example, you have Algie Rhythm, he's trying to coach the goon squad. And then the people watching in the background, you see, like, Pennywise is right behind him, like, breathing down his neck. And one scene, they're, like, inbounding the ball. And you see, like, the Penguin standing right behind one of the players. You see, like, Jokers in the Jokers in the audience. The Mask, the Jim Carrey, the Mask. Batman and Robin, some characters from, uh, like, the some characters from The Wizard of Oz. Some characters from Batman. Some characters from Game of Thrones. They put all those characters in the background, and they're so close to, like, the arena. They're so close to the court. They're basically, like, standing on the court. It's just distracting, and they're making all these generic movements. They're basically cheering when nothing's happening. And it's just like, in the original Space Jam, the audience is just there. Like, it's Looney Tunes sitting in the background, but they're sitting in bleachers, and they're kind of like, the camera isn't in focus on them. And this one... They're fully focused on these Warner Brothers characters in the background, and they're very distracting from the basketball game. Sometimes it was kind of hard to focus on the actual basketball game when you had, like, the Penguin and Pennywise and the Mask sitting back there, and you're like, okay, this is just distracting. I wish they just would have put them in bleachers because that's a cool idea, but it, like, terrible execution on that. Like Brad said, cringeworthy scenes. My God, the dabbing in the rap was so bad. I was like, when was this written? This was horrible. Like, God, that was so cringy. 
and they didn't do anything like Brad's with the NBA players getting their talent stolen. We didn't see any. We saw one scene with like Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, and Clay Thompson, and I think each of them had like one line. They didn't do anything in this movie. And the last thing I want to touch on is I don't think this is the movie's fault, but this Pepe Le Pew thing was hypocrisy because he couldn't be in the movie because of like rape culture or something. Like he doesn't kiss, like he kisses skunks without consent or something, which I don't want to touch that, but. He's not allowed to be in this movie for some reason, but then you get, like, Rick and Morty, you're getting Mad Max, you're getting The Matrix, Game of Thrones, Austin Powers. They even put Clockwork Orange in there, which, if you know what Clockwork Orange is, is not kid-appropriate whatsoever. I don't know how they made it in this movie. They're in the background, too, but I don't get how Warner Brothers can show these PG-13 rated R, not-for-kids properties they have, and just kick Pepe Le Pew out. I'm like, so you're telling me this skunk is a big deal, but some of these, like, Rated R movies aren't like are fine to be in a kids movie, but Pepe Le Pew can't. That, that made no sense. This movie has a little hypocrisy on that, but other than that, yeah, that's pretty much the main flaws I have. I think the Warner Brothers things in the background was a missed opportunity, really, uh, just too big a missed opportunity. And they need to focus more on the Looney Tunes and villains. Really, not that great. I, the Monstars are way better. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about like all the Warner Brothers stuff courtside. I don't understand why you have some of the most serious and kind of creepy characters in the front. You have Pennywise, you have the Joker, you yeah, have the Penguin. Y- you also see, I don't know if anyone else knows this, um, I guess all you Conjuring fans of that like horror movie series, they have The Nun, which was uh, one of the Conjuring kind of movie things that ties in with Annabelle and the Conjuring. They have The Nun also in the, like you've seen The Nun like four or five times, but yet... You don't even see, like, some of the, you know, kid movies from Warner Brothers, like, Scooby-Doo. Like, where's Scooby-Doo? What I thought they would do is put, like, Fred Flintstone, Scooby-Doo, the Thundercats, the Jetsons. I thought, like, all those guys, like, the Justice League, I thought they would be on the sidelines really close. Like, all the cartoon people. But, no, you had, like, the rated R people in these movies. I'm like, why are they sidelined? But, like... Fred Flintstone, the Jetsons, King Kong's all in the back. That made no sense. Yogi Bear. Yeah, yeah. Yogi Bear's like you see him going to the game, but he's not even side. It doesn't make any sense why the kids' properties aren't on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. They have all the horror movies and then evil villains on the sideline. Like, oh, okay. Um, also, you know, you know, we talked about how great in the middle of is in this movie, but I mean, I'm just thinking about it again. As Logan said, it took them a long time to get to um the Looney Tunes or. In, like, the first one, I'm trying to remember, you know, they just have the scene, you know, after, like, the the beginning credits, you have LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan, like, I'm retiring from basketball, play baseball. They show his baseball scene, him go, going home. But then, immediately right after that, they, um, well, they showed this um, after the beginning credits. I think they showed, like, the um, Moron Mountain, and then they got into Michael Jordan retiring, playing baseball, his family, and boom, right into the Looney Tunes. You know, and um, it, it just took a while in this one because it's all LeBron James and his son. And I, I don't know, it just took too long to get to the Looney Tunes. I just think some of the beginning scenes in the first one are better. I mean, I, I just, you know, you got the golf scene where uh, Michael Jordan's playing golf with Larry Bird and Bill Murray. And then also the end, I really do want to talk about just all the basketball scenes again. The Looney Tunes uh, shenanigans in both of them, I think, are just... As good. I mean, it's not really like I'm picky about any of that. You know, you're just going to see some good, funny Looney Tunes stuff. But, I mean, as I said, all the basketball players on the Goon Squad just, I, 
it, it, they were just not good. I don't like how they turned them into creepy animals and then robots and stuff. Like, I, you know, I wish they were just animated big monsters again. Um, so it's just some of the basketball scenes, again, with the style points. It's just, that's what really made the first one better. It's just also the basketball in the first one. I just like how it's more classic, not all this CGI. Well, I, I love the CGI. I meant, like, you know, like it's a video game, you know. Are we just going to ignore how, like, Wiley E. Coyote pretty much carried them? Because, like, there's a scene where they're coming back. He gets this, like, ball multiplier, and he mo he shoots, like, a hundred balls in the hoop at once, and they get, like, 500, 600 points off that. And I was like, LeBron James didn't really do much in the basketball stuff. This is basically Wiley E. Coyote, like, carrying Looney Tunes. So he pretty much saved the world, and I feel like he got no recognition for that. All right, Logan, let's go ahead and get in the ratings. I'll let you go first. All right, we had a, we had some flaws with it, but, like, we didn't hate it because we knew going in it's going to be a kid's movie. It's not going to be perfect. It's just some stupid, silly, dumb, fun movie. I think it's a good movie for families and, like, people who like basketball cartoons. Just a good kid's movie, good family movie. I'd recommend going to see it in the theater because the last scene looks really cool on the big screen. It's good to see the Looney Tunes in 2D on the big screen. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It's a fun movie. I did like it better than Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I liked it a lot better. It was a lot more entertaining. And I this might be a controversial opinion. I was It, it, it entertained me just as much as Godzilla vs. Kong. I think I gave both these movies the same score. But like I said, Warner Brothers, you're just getting straight sevens right now. Movies are entertaining, but it's it's kind of weird. Like that was a big blockbuster, but this like kids movie was just as entertaining to me. I'll be honest. Out of a lot of the big movie productions right now, and I think just in the past like five to ten years, I think Warner Brothers has been one of the worst. It's just a lot of product placement. That's really like all that bothers me about Warner Brothers. Well, I I, mean, I just think Warner Brothers movies just I'm just the ones that come off the top of my head, which is a, a bunch of DC movies and just like other movies that Warner Brothers just makes, like, I, I'm just thinking of it, and just compared to, like, other things, like Disney Universal, whatnot, um, I, I just think Warner Brothers is making not some of the greatest movies, like, it, Lionsgate, that's another one, I just think Warner Brothers isn't as, is, like, just one of the lower, not as great What ones. you gonna give this movie, Brad, we gotta know your rating. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, this movie... I enjoyed it more than Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. But just because of some of the flaws, I'm going to give them the same rating, 6. But I do like um, the Space Jam movie better. Uh, I don't like the... I thought... I really liked um, Kong versus Godzilla. That was just really a movie that was also hyped up in social media. It's just because the beginning and ends in this movie is just so many, like things and a lot of it i think is kind of details but also kind of like the basketball game itself really wasn't that cool um so just because of the beginning and ends i'm giving it a six but still it's a great movie to watch for a couple of things all the warner brothers stuff the looney tunes animation and i know there are a lot of lebron fans out there i'm not a lebron fan for uh, multiple reasons um but if you are a big lebron fan then yeah you should definitely see it animation looney tunes and warner brothers he's plugged so much in this he's plugged so much like there's a scene where there's a listing and stuff it's like basketball superstar like social media this i'm like all right lebron wrote some of this he's just influencing half the script but like one thing i'm also wondering have you ever seen looney tunes back in action with brandon frazier okay I don't know why this movie doesn't get enough attention because it's kind of like it, it kind of reminds me of what they did with it because like 
it was a movie where like the Looney Tunes have to go around the world to go do stuff, but they show other one. Oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's that really movie. good. That's it's there's product placement in that one too, but like they did it better because they did like all the little roles, but it didn't take away from the Looney Tunes. I was like, I don't know why that movie doesn't get enough attention to Space Jam. I think it's just as good. Looney Tunes back in action might be better than this movie. If you want to re, I would re-review it for this podcast. I gotta be honest. If anyone's seen Looney Tunes back in action, you're a legend. That's such a good movie. I feel like that movie just. I don't know why that movie doesn't get enough credit. That movie was so inventive and ahead of its time. So, yeah, like I said, I think Space Jam and all, it's not as good as the first one. It's on par. The middle is better. It's just the beginning and end are not as good as the first one. So, first one's better, but I still think it's worth a watch. And both these movies are just great to have some fun. Uh, Going off kind of what Logan said, uh, I don't think... I mean, I know LeBron kind of plugged himself, but, you know, all, all this stuff. But, I mean, I mean... It really is just a plug for LeBron. I mean, the first one was, too, with Michael Jordan, you know, showing off all the things they can do. I mean, crying out loud, the first Space Jam is really saying that uh, Michael Jordan's influence for going back to the NBA was Looney Tunes. Um, But, again, it's a great movie. And we thank you for listening to this episode of the Wasted Brain Cells podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Waste of Brain Cells podcast. If you enjoyed this show, we please encourage you to share it with a friend. If you didn't like the show, we get it. Me and Logan aren't that great of comedians. Just pretend you didn't listen to our podcast. Please follow us on our Instagram, which is Waste of Brain Cells Pod, for all updates about our podcast. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please DM us at our Instagram. That is the quickest way get in contact with us and remember all episodes come out on wednesday at three thank you for listening